Little Wing is now streaming on Paramount Plus. I'm in a period of emotional upheaval. Let's have all the oh, I don't care crap. A little adventure. Where are you going? I'm gonna steal a bird from the Russian pigeon mafia. Let's do it. Goes a long way. <laughs> Starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Life can hurt, but life is sweet. Little Wing, rated PG-13, may be inappropriate for children under 13. Now streaming exclusively on Terramont Plus. The band's return home this weekend, heralded as the preeminent rock group of our time declared Jack Batten, an esteemed journalist for the Toronto Daily Star, on the eve of the band's anticipated two-day engagement at the iconic Massey Hall in Toronto. Swiftly thereafter, the band surged onto the global stage, unveiling two critically acclaimed studio albums and commanding immense crowds at the monumental events like Isle of Wight and Woodstock. January 1970 provided them with a cherished opportunity, a return to Canada. Batten observed, quote, The band's exalted status is undeniable, evidenced by the recent Laudatory Times magazine cover. They now command $20,000 for a single concert night. Massey Hall held more significance as a symbol of their remarkable journey in a short span. Despite being met with booze four years prior during a Massey Hall performance with Bob Dylan, Fervent fans now swiftly sold out their two-night run. The significance of achieving success at Massey Hall cannot be overlooked or understated. It was akin to the final formidable obstacle on a journey to establish oneself as a truly revered Canadian artist. Massey Hall represented the apex of cultural recognition and artistic validation. This iconic venue, steeped in history and resounding with artistic echoes, is a testament to the city's enduring commitment to the arts. Over a century of existence, Massey Hall has played an integral role in shaping the cultural identity of Toronto. Beginning in 1894, when it first opened its doors to a captivated audience, its name a tribute to its patron, Hart Massey, a prominent industrialist and philanthropist. From its inception, Massey Hall was destined for greatness as it swiftly emerged as Toronto's premier venue for musical performances and cultural gatherings. One of the most striking aspects of Massey Hall is its architectural significance. Designed by the renowned architect Sidney Bagley, the hall is a prime example of the Beaux-Arts architectural style. Its exterior features a stunning combination of red brick and stone with ornate detailing that exudes elegance and sophistication. Inside, the hall is known for its exceptional acoustics, thanks to its shoebox-shaped auditorium with a horseshoe balcony, which allows for a superb sound projection and clarity. The famous stained glass windows and rich wood paneling further enhanced the hall's aesthetic appeal. Massey Hall has played a pivotal role in shaping Toronto's cultural landscape, as noted, and has served as a platform for both emerging and established artists to showcase their talents. The Toronto Symphony Orchestra made its home at Massey Hall for many years, solidifying the hall's reputation as a hub for classical music. Additionally, it had been a venue for important cultural and political events such as speeches by Winston Churchill and Franklin D. Roosevelt. In the 1960s, Massey Hall became synonymous with the folk and rock music scenes. Artists like Gordon Lightfoot, a Canadian icon, helped further canonize the venue for a new generation. 
ultimately Bob Dylan's legendary concert at the Hall in 1965, during his transition from folk to rock, is often considered a defining moment in music history. I have found my essence, a nearly indescribable essence. A name eludes me as it is unlike anything previously heard, recounted Bob Dylan to the Toronto Star reporter Robert Fulford, the day after his initial rehearsal with the Hawks on September 16, 1965. Dylan's pivot to electrification met with disdain from his folk purist fanbase brought him into the orbit of the Hawks, later known as the band. An introduction to Robbie Robertson and Levon Helm in 1965 resulted in the duo accompanying Dylan for one of his earliest electric sets at New York's Forest Hills Tennis Stadium, captivating a 15,000-person audience. And despite that audience reaction, Dylan was content with what he heard and expressed a desire to enlist Helm and Robertson for a worldwide tour. However, Helm's insistence on keeping the Hawks intact, along with adding Rick Danko, Garth Hudson, Richard Manuel, prevailed overall. And on September 15, 1965, Dylan arrived in Toronto by private plane, watching the Hawks perform their final set at Friars Tavern at midnight before rehearsing with them until the early dawn. Two months later, Dylan headlined two nights at Massey Hall on November 14th and 15th before the Hawks' hometown audience. Normally, Dylan commenced the evening with a solo acoustic segment that featured seven songs, ending with his track, Mr. Tambourine Man, All Was Well. However, things turned when Dylan emerged as an electric unit into Tombstone Blues, his iconic track from his seminal 1965 album, Highway 61 Revisited. The response was less than favorable. Boos, hisses, and even departures from the audience. As Globe and Mail's Brad Wheeler opined, it mirrored the ambivalence felt by folk aficionados towards the young man they once idolized. He had adopted a rock rhythm, leaving them disorientated. Audience expressed their disappointment, claiming, quote, he was a supreme wordsmith, emphasizing the past tense, while others lamented, He's a mere Beatles imitation. Reviews echoed this audience sentiment. After the performance, Toronto Star's Anthony Ferry delivered a cutting critique, dubbing the amalgamation of Bob Dylan and the Hawks as a, quote, purist turned electronically linked, third-rate Young Street rock and roll ensemble. But now, five years later, a short period for some, but a lifetime of experience for the Hawks, now the band. The once hot blues rock and roll band spent time in the Catskill Mountains, slowly building their sound, a return to musical roots. The band dug deeper, emerged new, emerged with new and old sounds that metamorphosized 
And like being shot out of a cannon, the band had created a fervor, a critical and fan acclaim. Music from Big Pink and their second album, The Band, broke new ground for an industry caught up in psychedelia and hard rock. Paired with a massive and historic performance, like mentioned at Woodstock and Isle of Wight, and a rarefied cover on Time magazine, praise from the Beatles' George Harrison, Cream's Eric Clapton, and having spent most of that time in America, they were now home, their real home. There was heavy anticipation for the group, for many the first time they had heard their homecoming band perform live. In complete contrast, Robbie Robertson was quoted as saying, the people are a lot more cooperative than they were last time. Journalist Martin Nealman stated of the general atmosphere, quote, Saturday they were home again. And this is how it was the night they nearly brought old Massey down. Backstage, rock hustlers and old friends and relatives and hangers-on are drifting in. An unlikely assortment of swingers, hippies, and farmers, having in common the fact any of them could have walked off the album jacket from music from Big Pink. The band took the hollowed stage and played 13 songs, opening with This Wheel's on Fire before the crowd favorites like Chess Fever and The Wait, and closing the evening with Manuel's We Can Talk. Jack Batten later stated in his review of the show for the Toronto Daily Star, What you can say when five musicians of such breathtaking artistry and dignity as members of the band play at a level very close to their peaks as they did Saturday night. Peter Goddard for the Toronto Telegram said, The feeling surrounding their two concerts at Massey Hall last Saturday night was something akin to a once-removed religious experience. These concerts had all the appearances of mythology in the making. The packed audiences hushed for each song, erupting into standing ovation at the conclusion. That alchemy brewed from within the walls of Massey Hall is something that is very much alive still to this day. The band and their music is also very much alive. And my friends in Chess Fever have been working since last year to craft a show celebrating the band at Toronto's iconic venue, Massey Hall. And it's happening November 18th, 2023. In this special episode, I sat down with them when they were in Toronto a few weeks ago about the show's inception, paying their respects to the music and the history of both Massey Hall and the band. Enjoy. Welcome back, guys. This time we're doing the podcast in Toronto in our studios here. Welcome. It's always been it's always been uh, remote. It's always been digitally done. How how does it feel to be here in the city doing the podcast live? Uh, very cool. Very exciting to be here. Uh, love hanging out in Toronto, and uh, it's certainly great to you know get to talk with you in person and and very fun. Always a pleasure being with you. And might I add, on behalf of all the band. You are a lot taller than we thought you were in the beginning. That's right. I think when we first met in person, which was last summer when you guys did the Elma Combo, I think one of you said that, like the first time we, like we, it might've been huge. Funny how those things work, especially digitally. 
But before we go any further with Chess Fever, we have a new we have a new member in the band. We do. Yes. Do we want to? Did, does somebody want to introduce Ben over here and then and then tell us a little bit about how Ben got involved? Absolutely. Everybody, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Ben Panola on organ and clavinet and saxophone. Nice. Thank you, Julie. And Ben, I saw you play a few weeks ago when you guys did that festival outside in Toronto for the first time. That was your first time playing live with the guys. How was that? It was, I, from what I've gathered, it was fairly last minute too in terms of kind of getting in and, and getting up there and learning the repertoire and everything. How has it been so far? It feels like a bit of a whirlwind looking uh, from the outside in. Certainly, yeah. It's been a lot. It's been a lot of fun. Um, the show in Toronto that you're talking about was the that was the first weekend that I ever played with these guys live after a we serendipitously met on a Brooklyn Wednesday night playing a Bob Dylan tribute show. We shared a bill, and then they said, "Get in the van, we're going on the road," and and uh, so then. Yeah, and then ever since then, it's been really cool you know, getting to know them and pl- musically, you know, and otherwise, you know, just as people. And um, yeah, I'm excited to be here. I love improvising, love music. So the role that I have in this group where I get a lot of, you know, time to really improvise and play the organ and do all kinds of wacky lines is very exciting for me, you know, and the saxophone and do background vocals, clav. It's, yes, yeah, it's been a blast. Nice. Yeah. And, Prior to to joining, were you a band fan? You're playing the Garth Hudson role. Obviously, Garth is very like revered in in the band community. He's got a very cool role with the group. What was your knowledge prior? I uh, definitely was a fan of the band for sure. I um big you know big into 1970s 60s rock and roll as well as you know older jazz stuff. So definitely fan of the band and as well as you know other stuff from that generation. My dad turned me on to that music from a young age so I've been you know into rock and roll since I was just a little kid and I actually had done I'd done some bands like some kind of one-off band shows where we did we covered the music with various other groups over the years but nothing you know it's on like this kind of level but um so yeah definitely been a fan for years uh so it's a treat it's really a treat awesome yeah and for for the rest of the guys here you guys have been you know on the road doing this for a little bit now what does Ben bring that's really unique and, and, and special? Well, I mean, Ben brings a lot of heart and spirit to the music. And, uh, you know, we, I, I, I would like to say and give a, a shout out to, um, you know, Ben's feeling, you know, obviously the shoes of Garth, we're, we're all wearing our boots and shoes of, of you know, in the, the steps and the, the, you know, the light of the, uh, you know, the original members of the band, but, Prior to Ben coming in, we toured for about a year with our Canadian brother, Doug Oregon, who uh, was born in Edmonton. And uh, Doug, uh, you know, stepped out from the group. He's officially the first retiree of Chest Fever. And, uh, you know, we love Doug. Um, We spent a year working with Doug and, uh, you know, he's a great soul. And, um, you know, uh, Ben has brought uh, such a heart and, and a a light to it and you know just like you know just like Doug or anyone we've had a chance to share a van and a bed and a and a stage with um you know it's it's about laughing together living together loving together rolling doobies together 
jumping in lakes together. Um, and, you know, uh, and it was such a treat that Ben just happened to also play saxophone. And, and that was a, obviously an attribute of Garth Hudson, which is um, something tremendous to be able to bring to the stage as well as now, um, you know, it's, gonna, it's been up there. Uh, playing the sax solo on W.S. Walcott's Medicine Show, which is just a treat, and just uh, it's a, it's an honor to get to play with you. Thanks. Welcome, Ben. And uh, yeah, we're gearing up for something special here. So really, the reason why we're doing this episode is in preparation for Massey Hall, which chess people will be playing with some special guests November 18th. In the journey, which we're currently in, and we'll look back on when it's done, uh, started some time ago. Obviously, you, you've been touring as Chess Fever. You've been doing different things. You've been doing Last Waltz celebrations. You did the Rock of Ages. You've been up to Toronto. Now, three times doing some variation of band music. Um, let's rewind a little bit to the Last Waltz show you did at the Horseshoe in November of 2022. That was a short-notice gig. You guys came to me and you're like we're gonna do this last waltz show at the horseshoe um we need some guests so we frantically put together a guest list which include a lot of great local talent toronto talent and that show was on a monday night cold winter night and it sold out and it was crazy people loved it people were drunk people were screaming, standing on tables, smashing beer glasses, all of the fun things that you want to happen at, at one of these shows. And being a local here and playing in this music scene, I've heard about it a lot since. And it was a fantastic show. What was it like for you guys coming up here, traveling from, you know, the other side of, of, of the U.S., coming up to Canada, playing this last-minute show at the Horseshoe, and selling it out. What was that like for you guys? I was blown away by the turnout and uh, how out of the minds of the people there were. Like there were relatively young crowds for the predominantly. 400 plus people on a Monday night all singing like the deepest cuts of the band and the obscure lines of all these like Acadian Driftwood and there's 400 25 to 30 year olds singing all these lines. So I talk about that show a lot just because of how much passion Canada has for music in general, but especially the band. And that was awesome. <laughs> that was such an eye opener. Like, wait a minute, but we got to come back here all the time. Canada is the spot. Yeah. It was, it was interesting because we had some really cool guests there, like a lot of young people up on the stage sharing the stage with you guys. My friend Ian is in his 20s. He did he did Helpless. He played the Neil Young thing. We had Rebecca Hawker who played Joni Mitchell. She's in her 20s. You know, we had Kels. She came up and she did Emmy Lou. She's in her 20s. Like, there's so many people here in their 20s. These people were born, a lot of them, after, you know, the first iteration of the band existed, well after the last waltz happened, but they're up there with, along you guys which is the same thing, a younger generation coming up and doing the music. Like, what is, what is that like? You know, that, to me, it's a little bit of a mind-altering kind of experience when you really kind of step back and think about it, playing this music some, you know, 45-odd years later from the last waltz, and you've got 
a couple generations removed up there playing it on stage, and you're getting a huge reaction in the crowd from an equally as young crowd. I would say it brings back the maybe the original concept of the show, which was it's a celebration. You know, in the in the film, that's something Robbie says, and whether that was like. And in, you know, and intended whether it was intended in that way, and it just unraveled into into this gathering and a celebration of of a of a of an era, a celebration of music because it's not just a celebration era; it was a celebration of music and songs from Muddy Waters, you know, uh, the songs from the '60s, songs from the '50s, uh, traditional songs. A song that comes to mind is Four Strong Winds. Of course, not in the original Last Waltz film. Uh, a song that I knew of through uh, the Last Waltz soundtrack, like the extended version, the CD version, where you'd get Four Strong Winds and Helpless. And a song that I never really knew of bro I, yeah, I never really knew of it never was always kind of like okay it's the other it's like a canadian song it's like the other thing and you know here we were in 2022 playing four strong wins with sylvia tyson so of the local young local guests you know local troubadours and everybody bustling and bustling in and uh you know as as artists you had sylvia tyson hop on the stage and sing Four Strong Winds. And we had an entire room singing Four Strong Winds with us. And the significance, that song kind of became such a, a motivator of of that tour because we did multiple shows. We did a show in Detroit. We did a show in Cleveland. We did shows in Southern California. And every year, one song kind of, rises up from this catalog of over 30 songs right i think it's close to 30 to 40 yeah close to 40 yeah 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 it's the power of music and the timelessness of a good song and there you are four years later we're going into 45 now of this music being released and this collection of songs being given to the world and it still rings true and the yeah, just testimony to the power of music. Yeah. Certainly. And, you know, we're taking a step up with this this Massey show that's been in the work. So talk to me a little bit about that, because if I remember the timeline correctly, you guys were in town, we did that, and was only a, like, I think, Alan, I was talking to you, like, right after that show. You were talking about Massey. Uh, after the Toronto show? Yeah, we were talking about Massey very soon after that. Well, so that's, I don't remember the guy, so I'm not going to name drop anyone. <laughs> Forsaking of mistaking that name or saying the wrong name. Um, but yeah, some guy said, oh yeah, you guys should do this at Massey Hall. And we're like, should we? Or should we? Russell Miller. Should His we? name was Russell Willer, wherever you're out there. I wasn't going to name drop. Well, I, I, <laughs> just got his driver's yeah, out of the back now. I know. I mean, kudos to him because yeah. I think he meant it as a joke and we were like, that's a great idea. Yeah. You should you should call them yeah. up. We, we yeah. It, I could do that. And we ran with the idea. Like, you know, I was booking the shows at the time and it was like, hey, okay, sure, I'll go to this amazing theater and ask them. And, you know, it, it seemed like they, they were first 
You get cold yeah. call a little yeah. class they, spot. They, they, they were very interested when I when I brought them the idea. They're like, oh, the last waltz here at Massey Hall, this this would be amazing. We, why didn't we think of this before? Why didn't you think of this before? Uh, so, yeah, I mean, so it was right after. I mean, you're probably talking, we did, what, December 3rd here? was Second, I think, or 4th. Something like that. And it was December 10th. We were already talking about Massey Hall. Sure, you we were having a Zoom with Massey Hall. Yeah, yeah. So, what was your what was your uh, knowledge of Massey Hall? Because you know, as a as a Canadian, it's 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 hallowed ground. It's where folks like Gordon Lightfoot graced the stage, and it was famous for him. Amongst other artists, Bob Dylan's played there. The band obviously played there. Amongst millions of other great artists. Was there any knowledge of this place before, or is it just kind of like, was this gentleman like, you guys should play Massey Hall? You're like, oh, it's a hall. We looked it up, and uh, they were interested. A little bit of column A, a little column B. I sure, mean, like, sure. it, Yeah, we, you've heard of it in the sense of, okay, that sounds very familiar. Why does that name sound familiar? And then, yeah, really looking into it and, and being like, oh, this is what he meant? Yeah, the true significance. Wow. Was, wow. It was the earthquake. And then we started to realize, oh, that's that's hollowed and then and then you go yeah and you go back and you read the history on it and like yeah. you you're seeing what it was looking like because obviously we just went there and they just renovated it so it looks completely different than from you know kind of what it did before so yeah just going and seeing the history of it was and figure in finding out new and new information on uh how much state-of-the-art up-to-date things they have put into this place like you know spared no dime at all yeah it's it's amazing amazing venue i wanted to give a, a sort of a shout out too because as all big ideas you know eventually manifest it starts kind of smaller level and it kind of builds up and some of the pivotal moments i think was they got the momentum rolling there was a gal who probably was one of the people who didn't ignore us from massey hall remember how it went down with ally the younger gal who was interested, but maybe we could do it on a, in a smaller room or something like that. Yeah. But her interest really was what catapulted and got us to talk to the next level. And, yeah. But she got us in initially. She's probably a fan of your podcast. She's is the great gal. We went to, I came to the site visit with you guys. Um, sure. And that'd been the first time I'd been in since they did the renovations too. I think the last time I was in was pre-pandemic and I saw Goran Lightfoot play there. We walked in and they showed us the facilities. They showed us the TD Hall, which is this new hall that is a beautiful room. Venue inside a venue. Yeah. Inside yeah. a venue. It's, it's got like an incubation program, you know. There's a lounge I think they're opening and then the hall and then and then the, the real Massey Hall, um, which is going to be really great for local and international talent to kind of come through. And, you know, seeing all the history and everything like that. This is a this is a step up though too, right? We did the horseshoe. We sold that out. You probably could have done two, maybe three nights of sold out at the horseshoe. Um, we could have, yeah, yeah. And this is this is almost a three thousand seater. Yeah. What what's that What's that going to be like for you guys? Like in terms of the step up for the show here in in Canada? Is there was there a little bit of was there any trepidation? Was there any fear about doing something like that? I mean, there's always fear when you're quote-unquote jumping to the deep end which you know we tend to do always um you know that's it in life you take that risk you jump into the deep end you figure out how to swim and you know sometimes you drown sometimes you don't drown I, you know and 
as of right now, I think we're doing doing well uh, with with the show. Um, we have a lot of great guests coming out uh, of the woodworks, and um, yeah, it should it should be really 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 amazing. And yeah, jumping from a four hundred to twenty eight hundred is um, quite the jump, to say the least. Yeah, like the logistics around it too, right? Like, you know, I mean, everything's amplified by like a hundred at this point, you know. Yeah. From the marketing, you're not you're not marketing to four hundred, you're marketing to twenty eight hundred, which is seven times the marketing plan you have to have. Sure. Sure. So. You know, but to touch on it, I've felt and I know Blake Blake has touched on this before too, like, you know, what we're putting out there in marketing is, you know, I mean it's not it's not something people are too like, oh my God, what is that? I don't want to, that's false. It's like, hey, who likes ice cream? Hey, who likes ice cream? Are you? Oh, you like ice cream? What kind? I have a lot of it. I got, you can check a Cherry Garcia. You got chocolate chip cookie dough. You know, <laughs> do you, if you know, oh, you're lactose intolerant, have some lactate. It's like, nobody doesn't, like, if, if you know of the last waltz in this concert and the, and, and the experience, and I, I feel like this concert experience is, it's hard to describe. It's like a festival experience. This is a truly unique show that because we've had the 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 background of of presenting this show, um, you know, and I feel like a lot of people, you know, there's obviously been, you know, the touring band of the last waltz with Warren Haynes and that's a show that's done. This is, you know, a remarkable show. We've in in our in taking our hand and our perspective at it have seen like yeah people near and far want to partake in this because it's something if it's gonna happen it happens one time a year Mm -hmm. and and you know it's something that's going to be unforgettable and for a lot of for us this is going to be the one time we're going to play a lot of this music Mm -hmm. and it's a you know people want to hear this this music live it's like it's it's not a it's not as hard of a sell Yes, you have to go sell it and market it. Sure. But you have to do that for anything. You've got some built-in recognition, and then in Canada, being such a part of the lore and, and everything, there's a reverence for it. And the venue, you you marry those things together, and it does, in part, sell itself. And then you have done a good job at building up a name for yourselves across North America, in Canada, you know, so that all lends into it. But Blake, you're going to say something. If you'd have seen how excited the people were when you were there, like if anybody, if you've seen how excited and enthusiastic the audience was for our last waltz at the Horseshoe, it was like, oh, it's way, like that was, it's hard to remember now, but like that is definitely what it's like, no, this is going to work on a larger scale. These people are out of their mind. They are so passionate on a Monday night. Do this on a good night. With enough time to actually put out the word, that show was put together relatively short. It was it was less than a month. Less than a month. Yeah, booked, marketed, and easily show date. crowd we've played for to do this show. Yeah, and it's like oh, and it's the stomping grounds of the band. It's Toronto, sure. so like yeah, this is going to work. And so that was definitely like gave the extra like energy to like no, this will work at. Mm. someplace especially with the historic like you said yeah marrying those two lores is like well and you guys have been doing it for a while too you know you know like the the horseshoe show wasn't a fluke you know it definitely not a fluke you guys have been doing this what since the first the mrs henry one the first one that's on vinyl and everything that was 2017 right 2017 it's 2023 it's been a while and you guys have done this a bunch and that helps you know all of that leverages into this and it's really cool because Massey Hall in particular, 
you know, for folks that that aren't aware in terms of the band and their tradition with Massey Hall, it's a, it's a special one too, which aids in this, right? Bob Dylan toured in 65, going electric. Obviously, we know the lore around that. The Hawks join. They get booed all the time. They play it in 65. They get up there. Same old, same old, booed, you know, the whole thing. The, the press uh, was not great to them including that one gentleman who called the Hawks, who had built up reverence as, as a bar band here, as a third-rate young street band. And then five years later, as the band, now this critically lauded mystery group that were these dudes that were Canadian from the Catskill Mountains come back and they do the two shows there, and critically, it blows it out of the water. They did their shows around the same time too, that November, December kind of time frame in 1970. What does that mean for you guys? Like, I don't know if you've listened to it yet, Blake, but I sent you that bootleg too. It's like, it's out there. That Massey show is out there. And I know this is last waltz, but what's that going to be like for you guys? Like stepping on that stage, similar to the horseshoe on a smaller scale. A lot of those guys played the horseshoe stage as well. Like, is there anything that's tingling there a little bit for that or will it not happen until you get on that stage and start playing those first few notes of don't do it or something like that i'm so curious what that room sounds like with everybody booing you <laughs> I, I don't want to hear i don't want to know that i don't want to know take a moment no don't don't misunderstand me i think it would be a cool thing because everybody in that room is going to be the most diehard band fan it's like you know what it probably sounded like everybody one two three boo like can you can you imagine it? Everybody booing the band for their own getting in their own way about it. Sit Witch there. trial, you know. Like, uh, could you imagine? Well, you see why Levon left that time. Yeah. You know, like think about him leaving. Like, as he knows, it's such a potent, amazing band. Like that was some powerful gnarliness that yeah. they had to endure. It's a big hit too. It's like I know I'm actually pretty good, but then maybe I'm not good, and maybe we're not great. And do I want to deal with this? You know, like our self-flagellation. I think we owe it to the band. Yeah, that's what it was. Now let's say yay for the band. Exactly. But for anybody else, what's that? Do you, have you thought about that moment yet, and what that's going to be like? I know it's hard because you're caught up in just getting there. Getting. I've, the, I've started to think about it a little bit, especially yeah. with some of the interviews that we've done and bringing Jerome. Sure. You know, here the other day, to see his passion about it and to be able to, you know play the music as well and to, and to be on the same stage as, as, as those guys were, um, you know, that's, it's an out of, out otherworldly experience, out of body experience. Yeah. I don't know what, sure. whatever you want to call it, you know, it's, it's something that it's, it's, it's beyond that. And, and he, and when Jerome was talking about that, he's like, yeah, you know, pop, his, his dad was there and he's like, yeah, pop gets to see me now do this as as he was seeing you know Levon do it for so many years and it's yeah. like wow like yeah he gets to be the one now that played the part that Levon played when Levon did it yeah in the same place where Levon did it yeah and it's like what, what do you say to that that's gonna like, be crazy for yeah. that's gonna be crazy for Bill Avis too having having seen both like that's another level too right I mean like, if I could have somebody just follow Bill Avis around the entire thing and just catch his commentary <laughs> Just to put a lav on him and let it go because uh, yeah, cat man, that cat's crazy. What a character! He's uh he's from another time in our time and and what a time! But <laughs> I like you know I I I do want to say because 
you know, to speak of a reverence of a venue, because, you know, we've, as a band, have been around the world. We've we've played around the world. Yep. We've, um, as Mrs. Henry, as Chess Fever, have in America, and I'd say in at least North America, um, excluding Mexico, which we will be playing actually a uh, uh, some hollowed grounds in Mexico City in just a few weeks. So we will, you know, can say that we've played in North America. Yeah. Some of the most revered or hollowed ground venues that exist. I, I can say you hear a lot of, um, a lot of word, word clout, a lot of hype about venues and places, you know, mm. legendary, oh, Nectar's is the legendary stomping around the fish. We're from San Diego. Oh, the world famous Casbah. Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, some of it's true. Some of it's, you know, some of it is just how it is. But I'll tell you this. There are some venues we have played that every time I've stepped foot in that place, magic happens. Mm-hmm. I, I was telling Ben about Pappy and Harriet's out in Joshua Tree, um, Pioneer Town. That place has got a magic, a juju and it has see- never ceased to live up to that uh, that expectation. I've stepped foot in Roy Albert Hall and seen some of the most greatest performances of my life, and it sounds like that place will always live up to the expectation. Everything I've heard about Massey Hall rings to that level. Yeah. So to me, I've got a, at least an expectation, or a, 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 I get the goosebumps thinking about her. Sure. Uh, just getting to share the stage with people who have, you know, spilled their guts out in this place. And that happens too everywhere, you know. Yeah. I might, you never know what could happen that night, but what you do know is that it's going to be magic. Now that will, that's cool. There will be magic in that room, 100%. Yeah, that's cool. And, and with the context too. Yeah, Massey is one of these types of spaces that exist you know they're peppered across the u.s the uk every country has them right and there are these grounds and if you've had the experience of being in another one it definitely gives you a little a little armor for going into this one too right um let's talk a little bit about the guests then we we talked about jerome and we talked about bill so jerome uh jerome levon avis is the son of bill avis who was road manager for the Hawks and, and the band and, and has a long storied history. So, you know, some of these guests have some personal tie-in, some personal connections and stories. Some were peers, some are generations removed. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the guests, if, if, we, if we can here. Um, we're putting together American talent and Canadian talent. It was important for you guys off the top. You wanted to focus on promoting some Canadian talent. Why was that important for you? Well, it's important because, you know, it's, it's, the band was Canadian. Yeah. You know, as much as they, you know, got their, their comeuppance in, in America, supposedly, you know, th- they were Canadian. And so with it being in Toronto, it, it makes the most sense to have as many Canadians as you can, you know, as, as much talent because there is so much talent here. You know, we don't want to say, oh, let's bring all the talent from America. That's not true. There's so much talent and great music that has come out of, the, you know, this country. So why not tap into those resources, you know? Give those people 
want to be out there too. You know, I, I, they, I mean, there are, they are already out there. Not to say that they're not, you know, but yeah, it's, it's, it's great. I mean, the more that we travel to Canada and perform in Canada and meet Canadians and go back and forth between U.S. and Canada, honestly, it's kind of a blurred line of just, you know, so much of what we know as music industry, entertainment industry is a cross hybrid of Americans and Canadians working together on so many levels. So to, you know, get to work with across the spectrum and a lot of a lot of what we're doing is, you know, most of the people who we are bringing from the U.S. are friends and people we've played with before. Um, you know, uh, some of them are people we've never played with before, but all of them are highly respected, or uh, we've at least enjoyed their uh, company <laughs> enough to want to do it again and and. And hop on board the the mothership, so to speak, once more for a, you know, for a celebration. Yeah, we've been. This is a Wednesday we're filming this on, and the two previous days we were here, at the studio here filming, uh, a lot of the Canadian guests that will be partaking uh, in the show. That's another step, you know. We've been we've been talking a lot about planning. We've been contacting people, getting them on board, getting people in this room, some of them for the first time, you guys getting face-to-face with them. What's that been like? Is that another kind of like step in, in getting there? Have there been any impressions or is there any excitement? What are we thinking about that after these last two days? Um, yeah, it's been uh, really cool to meet some of these guests and, uh, you know, really neat that it happens to work out that, you know, we get to be here, you know, while those interviews were happening and, and uh, you know, getting to kind of see them. And, um, you know, they were kind of, you know, jamming on some of their original tunes, a lot of the artists, too. So, you know, we've obviously, you know, checked them out ahead of time. But to, you know, kind of hear them do their thing and to talk about their story and how, um, you know, the band has affected them. Um, it's exciting. And, you know, it's really fun to... Um, imagine what it's going to be like to share the stage with all these people as well it's like oh yeah you're hearing all these cool stories and interviews and then i'm reminding myself like oh yeah i'm in this show and i'm i'm going to be in the band that's going to be backing them up i'm like oh yeah that's really freaking cool yeah like like man i want to go to this show and then i'm like yeah so um so it's been great to you know hear their story and some of them you know just just real deep uh you know passions about the band of course as we all have but um just such incredible stories and um, great musicians. So it's going to be a blast. Just to follow up on that point, though, Jody, that it's an interesting one that something you were saying is like, you know, backing these guys up. What's that like for you guys in a lot of instances where sometimes you you know these these folks, so you have a chemistry, you can get on stage, you can play, and, it, and it's fine. Some of these folks you meet maybe once or twice, maybe sometimes not at all, and then you got to get up there and do these renditions of songs that, a lot of people in the audience know really damn well, and they're expecting, you know, you guys to to hit it. What's that like when it when it works real well? What's that like? And sometimes when it happens, because it happens when it doesn't work as well, what's that kind of feel like? Yeah, it's interesting. You know, you always kind of hope for the best, and you know, we're we're uh, lucky to be you know pretty seasoned musicians. So you know, but it, but it doesn't matter. Uh, all the time, you know, you get into certain situations. Yeah, if you haven't had the chance to rehearse things or whatever, you know, you're kind of um, 
just really, really being in the moment. You know, you can feel your brain working on all the levels, you know, because you're there to, you know, play your part, but then also just be uh, really going along with whatever the lead person is doing. And, you know, knowing that somebody might get it perfect, somebody might miss a verse, and you're all of a sudden on the second verse, and then you're just kind of, you know, going with the flow of that. Um Oh, you, oh, you mean you're talking about when alligators come around and uh, <laughs> go, go to the change in Manish Boy? <laughs> what change? Yeah, sometimes, you know, you go to certain parts of the states and, you know, you're not sure what what guests you're going to get in those local towns. And um, But uh, but it's fun to know that, you know, there there's a, a, an element of nervousness, but that also, you know, keeps you on your toes. And in those moments there is often really, really great magic that is created because it is such a uh such an in the moment thing. So and and that's the cool thing, you know, even as much as rehearsed as we are, we know going into that that there's gonna be moments where we're gonna go, Wow, like that was really amazing, you know, and those are gonna obviously outweigh any, you know, little bumps or little problems sure. that might happen. Sure. Yeah. And uh to kinda of add in on that, it's just um for me, you know, as a musician, it's been my passion my whole life. Like, playing music is great, but connecting with other musicians and bonding on stage, whether you've practiced or not, you know, sometimes the best stuff comes with no rehearsal. Sure. And I personally enjoy improvising, flying by the seat of my pants. And a lot of so far, what I've done with these guys has been me flying by the seat of my pants, <laughs> so to speak. You know, we were going to start a one tour, I ended up starting earlier. We had, you know, maybe a half a day rehearsal or whatever mm-hmm. of playing before I did my first show with them. And, you know, they're all they were all confident in enough confident in me and that they were all right, come on board, you can do it. And I was like, Okay. And I believed in myself. So uh but yeah, it's a pleasure. So just, you know, you, you don't know what we're still like learning about each other mm-hmm. as musicians on stage, but you know, you listen, you get in the zone and, you know, with all these new guests coming up, it's uh it's really exciting because you know we're getting to meet these guys and yeah, it's just it's a real um, it's a real pleasure to play with other like-minded musicians and individuals that are, you know have decided that of all the weird things you could do in this life like no we're gonna make noise on these instruments sure like, oh, I'm gonna hit these buttons and make noise sure and these other people are gonna hear the noise and respond to it it's a very silly thing that we've chosen to do with our lives so it's really it's nice that when you find the people who are like. You know, they have the same idea, the like-mindedness, and we get together and make magic. It's like primal on some instances. It's, it's just like, you're right. It is silly, like a lot of things we do, but then it like how it connects everybody and on a primal level where you just don't really ever understand it. But you're just, you know, a few thousand people in a room belting it out, humming along to a tune. You want that someplace? Oh, it's just, yeah, everything Ben says spot on. Uh, and also getting back to what you said about... Um, the people that we've got to sit in and be interviewed for these uh, these pieces, it's been a really cool tuning of tone uh, for for me and probably the rest of the guys to like, because everybody who's really into the band are pretty passionate and pretty transparent. Sure, people. Yeah, you know, it's, it's a no no frills band, uh, and, and the music is great and it speaks for itself. And so, I've always found having played all these shows with, that we you got like. Two camps. I've never heard of the band, or I'm obsessed. <laughs> that's, that's, that's all. It's nobody in between. Like, yeah. Except for the, the couple of like the songs. They, I've heard those songs, but yeah, either the band is, or you have no idea who they are. And so the musicians that we've got to hear on this couch and the interview, 
they've all been so transparent and it's so shooting from the heart and shooting from the hip and and uh so ready to be honest and open it's like well i know you're gonna you're even before i heard you play mm-hmm. i never heard you play i know that you're gonna do your damnedest and be in the moment like jody was saying and give your all one of the favorites that we got to talk to and you were interviewing nicole mm. i think people are gonna get a real kick out of her playing she's just shoot from the hip and just yeah completely out of uh her hearts you have a bunch of different characters right like everybody that's come in so far and the subsequent people that we'll interview and and, and do content with too in preparation and, and then ultimately rehearse before the show is like everybody's got that their own little kind of spice and that they bring to it and everything and one of the coolest moments for me like being part of that and looking at it is those moments that we captured that you guys will see soon enough of you know the impromptu you know john doing the weight with you guys like you guys doing harmony or jody and and devin sitting at the piano doing such a night and like you know everybody wants to be perfect and you want it to be rehearsed and everything that's that's great but those like little moments of musicianship the kinship just getting there jamming over something that's shared in interest and love it's special is it perfect no but that's the best part about it like that it was that it was unique and it was just kind of spontaneous and we captured a lot of it um and if that is kind of uh, just a little piece of what that bigger show will be for a few hours at Massey Hall on a Saturday night, then like it's going to be a really special show. Um, so coming up to that, you know, we're looking at two and a half months ish away. What else do we have in store? What are we planning for in preparation for the show? Well, I mean, there's still more guests on, on September 1st. We're um, rolling out nine guests who are going to be joining us. And on October 1st, another nine are going to be announced. And November 1st, probably another nine. <laughs> if you can do your math, you can guess how many. And my gut is that ain't, that that's, that's, uh, there's going to be the day of the show, there's going to be another nine hopping on stage. That we have no idea who. More guests will be coming through the woodworks probably till the day of yeah. the show. As people are starting, as word is catch one you know as they say word word travels fast word of mouth i once heard is like the quick that's that's the quickest way or might yep. be, you might have social media you might have this but word of mouth travels really quick and so the more that this person hears about it, this person hears about it, and oh this person heard about it. now oh these person are there these these people there they call them up and then they say oh well i gotta be there well hey whoever whoever's putting this together they need to you know i need to reach out to them so we've had people start coming now out of the, you know, out of the woods for this one. And in between now and then, I mean, we are, I mean, we're in the middle of a tour. Tomorrow we go play Rochester, New York. We're doing our first uh, co-headlining tour where we're doing a set of Mrs. Henry, a set of Chest Fever, uh, which is really exciting. And, um, you know, uh, we had our first uh, show of this last night and what was great is when we were in our playing original music I was reminded of the fact that oh yeah if you like the band you inherently are going to like what we do because the band's music is so in so many directions and has it has all of this huge mega arrangement of influences and nine times out of ten when we ask somebody do you like the band uh, and they do and they're a fan they're also a fan of Metallica or the Foo Fighters or Pharaoh Sanders or, uh, you know, you name it. They, it's just, 
if you love the band, odds are you just love music and good music. And so, you know, along with our tour, we're going to be performing our entire rock opera that we wrote and recorded in the during the pandemic. And then we go do a West Coast tour where we're finally bringing music from Big Pink, our music from Big Pink performance to the West Coast, to Vancouver for the first time, nice. to Victoria Island for the first time, Seattle, uh, Portland, Denver. We're finally making up for our show that was unfortunately canceled in Denver due to airline craziness in June. And then after that, we start, you know, two weeks later, we're doing la a last our first last world show in Jackson, Mississippi, uh, Philadelphia, hopefully Louisville. We'll see. Um, and then we make our way to Massey hall and along the way we yeah. release our version of music from big pink that we recorded in the studio while we were in Nashville for a day off. So uh, it's a lot. What would you say if like so far we've heard a lot about getting prepared and the history behind this and, and getting to where we need to be for this show on November, on November 18th. If you had to sell it to somebody, if somebody's on the fence, I don't know why they would be, but some people might, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of shit people can do with their time. I think this is one of the best things you can do. It's going to be a special moment, but what is it for you guys? If you had to encapsulate it for somebody, what's that sell to come to Massey Hall is check out chest fever presenting the last waltz with a bunch of gas. I I would say there's a couple couple camps of thought when it comes to something. Is uh you're either gonna hear about it from everybody who went to it, you're gonna <laughs> not know what that was, or you're going to be speaking about this for the rest of your life. Cool. That that I think that sums it up really well. Um so yeah. There or you were not there. Exactly. Kind of funny though. Whenever I do talk to somebody, because we've done the last waltz before, and I, I forget about that. I mean, you're trying to tell somebody about it who hasn't, and like, no, I, trust me, it's not like your typical show. You're trying to say, like, no, come see my band or things like, sure. You really got to come see this. It's really wild. There's going to be like 30 guys. Yeah, and songs. Yeah, I, Dan, I don't, yeah. I can't hustle it to you. It's like, this is a sharing thing and you really want to, you have to experience it to understand it. it. It's a festival type setting. Like yes. Dan said, it's more yeah. of like a festival. Well, it's not time. a, it's not a show. It's a maybe, festival. It's the kind of thing like maybe Canada at some point would like, Hey, if the tickets, so we can just come in for free to see it. It's <laughs> such a cool thing. Yeah. Regardless of. Oh, also. It's just cool. If. Okay. This goes out to the people. If. You want to see the new episode of The Band Is, right? Correct. That this will, a part of this will be, you know, uh, we have a, a documentary series that we started. The last episode that we put out was about our 2022 uh, tour madness of The Last Waltz. But we this, we are working on a two-part ep two episode series um, for this. This is the finale of this series. Um, and uh, it's all about uh, Canada. Um, our love for Canada and our love for the band and uh, what this show is is doing and how it's bringing people together. But go for it, Al. Oh, I mean, I'm just saying it's it's going to be premiered during yeah, the show. So if you want to see the, the premiere yeah. of the last episode of the season, cool. You should come to the show. Yeah, the show's going to be cool. There's performances, which is obviously the highlight and guess. 
there's also going to be multimedia. There's going to be yeah, tons of videos, exactly. content, stories. Yeah, it's much comedy, different, drama, yeah, everything. Much different than just a regular rock show. It's going to have everything. Yeah, it's going to make you cry. Yeah. Oh. Oh, 100% it's going to make people cry. There was people at the horseshoe in the front row, like, bawling their eyes out the whole time. There was people screaming. Like, you you get, it's it's like a therapy. You just get people reacting naturally in some state. And, and yeah. it can be screaming. It can be tears. It can be anything in between. And that's kind of what's uh, magical about it all. Um, but I would recommend, too, to follow you guys online. Let's plug some of the social as we just wrap here. Because guest announcements information, FAQ stuff about the show and all of the lead up to the show, the best places to find it. Where should people look for this? Chessfeverofficial.com slash the last waltz. That's where you can, it's a page we have dedicated on our website that's to all of our last waltz performances. Uh, you can find out about the guests that are joining us on there. If you don't know of them already, we'll have links to all of their info as well. Um, of course, you can find us at Official. Um, that's on YouTube, that's on Facebook, that's on Instagram. Uh, if you'd want to follow us on Twitter, that would be chest fever OG. Um, that's the only one that has a different, uh, handle. The OG chest fever. Yes. Chest fever OG. But, uh, you know, there's going to be a majority of the information and tickets and links and all that chestfeverofficial.com slash the last waltz. Fantastic. I want to thank you guys for coming. It's been a fun three days capturing content doing the performance last night doing the podcast today and whoever whatever happens in the future there's going to be more of this guaranteed lots right more of this Tyra. so lots uh more. Lots more. definitely check it out as as somebody who i've told this to a few people when dan reached out and the guys reached out in 2019 maybe late 2018 early 2019 and they're like we've done this last Walt show in California and we'll send you a vinyl. I was like, okay. And, uh, that I was like, that, that sounds good. I, I, sure, I whatever you say, buddy. Yeah. I was like, put, put them all, put them next to all your other last Walt. <laughs> people doing the show before, obviously. And, and people say they're going to send me stuff. Sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. And then like a month or so later, I, I get this package beat up package in the mail, the post, or they really took a number on it. And, and I, I opened it up, but the, the vinyl was in pristine condition. And it looked really nice. I was like, okay, let's throw this on. Threw it on the record player. I was like, God damn, this is this is good. And I'm a band fan. I'm I'm critical of, of the performance. And these guys caught me right away. And then obviously I've seen them perform a bunch. And it is a special experience. You have to witness it. You have to be there. So if you're like me, if you're a diehard band fan, do yourself a favor. Go online, chessfeverofficial.com slash last waltz. Like these guys said, buy a ticket. Look at the performances. You guys got a ton of great performance stuff online. That's only a percentage of what it feels like to be in the room. Blow your mind once you're there and uh, come and check it out at Massey Hall in November. And if you're not in Canada, travel in. Make it an experience. Bring your yeah, family and yeah. friends. Make it a make it a vacation. Make it a, a holiday weekend if you yeah, will. Yeah. You know, come in from Europe, come in from Japan. Heck yeah. I want to see you from Japan. Come on. Yeah, and anybody out there who's listening to this podcast, if you want to be involved, reach out sure. to us, you know. All hands Absolutely. on that, Absolutely. right? Yeah. yeah. You know, Eddie Vedder. <laughs> Eddie Vedder, come on. Getty Lee. Or if you look enough like Eddie Vedder. 
Yeah. I also want to say like thank you to you okay. for all your hard work and all your, yeah, but thank you, Tyra. Everybody who listens already knows, but anybody who knows us and maybe doesn't know him, like he's the man. He's the keeper of the knowledge and unfortunately for him he gave me his phone number a while back and so now he gets to get all my wacky theories and feel a lot of my silly questions because he's the deepest well for band knowledge and the keeper of uh the history and the, the scribe triangulation of truth. So thank you for everything you do oh, to keep these cats uh, in the vernacular and the conversations. And your band kicks ass too. Yeah. <laughs> are awesome. Thank thank so shout out to them. You. We got to share the stage uh, last night at the Horseshoe and uh, yeah, y'all are fantastic. Thank you. Appreciate it. It's just, it's just great doing this with you guys because it's another way of, of keeping the legacy alive and, and bringing it to a new generation. We started the conversation talking about young folks coming out and, you know, carrying the torch, listening to music and everything like that. And, you know, I do it in podcast form. You guys are doing it in the music form, the purest form. It's, it's just great to see. And, um, you know, the band's legacy will live on. We'll keep on going. So thanks guys for coming on. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate Thank it. You. That was my interview with the boys in Chest Fever. I really hope you enjoyed it. Looking back a few weeks ago when we did this to now, you know, we're full-fledged in, releasing content, getting geared up for the Massey show. We have 2,800 tickets to sell. They're going fast. It's great to see. It's great to see young people, old people, and everybody in between get excited about listening to the band music in such a hollowed, great location that is Massey Hall. Again, it's happening November 18th, 2023. You can get your tickets at chestfeverofficial.com slash the last waltz. If you're on the fence or want to know more about it, you can also find out information there. You can go over to social media, either Chest Fever social media or the Band of History social media. I'm posting about it everywhere. I help make the content. I'm helping make this show. These guys are the real deal. Um, if they weren't, I wouldn't be helping. Uh, they're awesome guys. They respect the music. And uh, I hope this episode was was fun for you guys, mixing a little bit of the history up front, a little bit of a discussion at the back end. Uh, so if you want to follow along, please join us online. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, every social media platform at The Band Podcast. Come join the combo there. As always, I want to thank my patrons for supporting the show. We started a monthly book club, or bi-monthly, I should say, bi-monthly book club. We've done one book. We're about to do our second. There's a bunch of other great perks over there, conversations, articles, things from the vaults, early access, and many more perks. So patreon.com slash the band of history for that. Come and support the show. We'd love to see you there. We'd love for you to be part of that community as well. So thanks again for supporting the show. Sorry if my voice is a little husky, I'm a little under the weather, but I want to get this episode out for you folks ahead of this great, great opportunity to come and see this great live show in November. Plus, many, many more guests to be announced. Some new and up-and-coming artists, some established artists, and some with connections to the band, both familial and collaborators along the way. 
So stay tuned for that. We'll see you on the next one. What would you do to achieve the American dream? The big house, the happy family, the money. 911, what's your emergency? Would you put in the hours? Would you take a big swing? What's the problem? What's the problem? Would you lie? Would you cheat? Would I shop? Would I shop? Would you kill? Yes. From Airship, the studio behind American Scandal, comes a new true crime history podcast. I'm Jeremy Schwartz, and I'll be taking you inside the minds of some of our most notorious felons and outlaws, exploring the dark side of the American dream. In my new show, American Criminal, you'll meet the picture-perfect brothers who killed their parents, the thief who stole babies, the crypto king who siphoned off billions and plenty more. From assassins and gangsters to killers and con artists, whatever the case, whoever the criminal, you don't know the full story until now. Don't miss the debut season of American Criminal, The Menendez Brothers, beginning February 29th. Listen wherever you get your podcasts, or to get early ad-free access to the entire season first, plus hundreds of other ad-free history podcast episodes, subscribe at intohistory.com.